Welcome to the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. I'm your host, Dan Lewis. Who is the spiritual leader of your family? Is it you, your pastor, your spouse, the media? Do you know? I did. And sadly, no one was taking responsibility to lead our family. Well, friends, someone needs to take that job, and that man is you. You may not feel qualified, and some days I don't. With the help of God and a community of dads helping each other on their journey, you can be the leader your family deserves. We welcome you to the Journey of the Christian Dad podcast. All right, guys, welcome back. Welcome back. I'm super excited to bring this topic to you today because, well, uh, in previous episodes when we talked about rites of passage, uh, you guys downloaded like crazy. So one, thank you guys for doing it. And then uh, secondly, uh, Don Ross is with us and he is from the East Coast. And I know we've got tons of listeners in the North Carolina and South Carolina area. And I'm certain that's because uh, F3 is also big time out on the east coast so all the f3 guys listening uh, here's your little shout out thanks for listening thanks for spreading the word and uh and keeping things going like you guys do so uh love groups that help develop leaders so don that's what you are all about don ross he's a pastor he's been married 20 years he's got two boys 15 and 13 and he's all about this you know initiating boys and going through the rites of passage so how'd you get into this yeah, that's right. Thanks, Dan. Uh, it's good to be here. So um, I, gosh, I have been, like you said, I've been in ministry for, you know, the past couple of decades and in, uh, in just about like any ministry setting that I've been in, I have really gravitated towards working with men, you know, so whether or not it was like kind of formal responsibility or not, uh, I, I really love doing men's ministry. I've got just really a heart for helping men, um, trying to build up and encourage men, um, really just address the things that are challenges in men's lives. Because uh, I, I don't know that uh, churches and ministries have always done the best job of that. I think they've struggled to kind of figure out how to do that well. And I think men are, are kind of, you know, sort of passively aware of that on the receiving end of, of just, you know, church can be a, a difficult place for men to connect and get their questions answered a lot of times. So so for me, you know, it's, it's kind of born out of just a desire of saying, you know, as a man, uh, I, I think, you know, church and ministry in general can do better uh, at reaching and connecting with us guys. Um, but then, you know, it's kind of from my own story, uh, I really developed a heart for helping dads. So uh, I, you know, I would say I'm kind of uh, stereotypical, uh, you know, Gen Xer, millennial, I'm kind of right on the cuff of those generations there, but sort of grew up with the uh, the baby boomer dad who, you know, I have a great dad. Um, I would say he kind of, you know, typical of his generation was very focused on um, being a dad meant providing for the family, right? And so that's kind of what, what he knew and understood about uh, being a father. And uh, as I grew into kind of young adulthood, that left me with a lot of questions of like, what does, what does being a man, you know, was there, is that really all there is to it? It's just being a provider. Um, and I think I kind of felt intuitively that like, I, there's probably more to it than that, but I just didn't know what it was or where to get the answers. And so that, that kind of set me on a journey of just saying like, how can I help? How can I help? you know, not only find those answers for myself, but help other men be able to kind of find those answers as well. And uh, so, yeah, so that's kind of helped me get into 
just, you know, doing things with and for men, trying to help guys be able to address the longings of their heart, the the questions that they're asking on a day-to-day basis, the challenges that we're facing, and just figuring out like, what does it look like to be a follower of Jesus and a man at the same time? You know, how can those things really be compatible? So that's kind of a roundabout answer, but, uh, you know, a little bit about me and sort of how I got started into it. I think that's a pretty common one for guys in our age group. Yeah. Um, you know, we got a lot of farm, you know, generation and then factory generation, and, uh-huh. you know, we're just doing what we can to get by. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and in a lot of ways it's, um, you know, I think in our culture, it's both gotten better and gotten worse. So what I see a lot of in, uh, in the church today is that among, uh, dads who are kind of committed to their faith and are invested in walking with God and having, uh, you know, church and faith be a a central part of their lives and of their family's lives. Um, I I see a lot of dads doing really well, you know, doing well at investing in their kids. But I think um, that's still kind of the minority uh, in terms of the culture overall. You know, I think that fatherlessness has become an increasing epidemic in our culture, whether that's, you know, actual, there's not a father in the home, uh, or, you know, there's some kind of male presence, but he's not really offering anything that actually meets the needs of fatherhood, you know, for the the kids and his family. Um, You know, I think we're kind of at like crisis levels in terms of that in our culture. So, you know, huge needs across the board in terms of uh, helping dads, you know, just helping men kind of figure out what does it mean to be a dad who makes a difference? And why is that something that we should even care about in the first place? Um, you know, all those, all those questions are important. And I think getting, you know, even, even more relevant than they were for us growing up. So you brought up uh, questions you had about be a man. Well, that equals provider question mark. Uh, I think there's something more. I think there's something more. Yeah. Can you like just off the top of your head, think back to when you were having those questions and what you thought might the something more might be or yeah. what the questions were that you were asking in your own head. Yeah. So yeah, the question, you know, for me, it was really just, I, which I think it is for a lot of men, you know, it's just, what does it mean to be a man? Like, how do I figure that out? Where do I find that out? Um, I, I think I knew enough in my young adult years to, to know that the kind of the caricatures that our culture was providing of, you know, machismo and uh, right. you know, six pack abs and, you know, all those kinds of things. Uh, Those are fine. There's nothing particularly bad or wrong about any of that, but not sufficient. You know, like I knew that that's not what really what it amounted to either. And so for me, it was kind of like, all right, well, well, what is it? Like, what was I looking for in a father? And how did that help, you know, kind of translate into what I could understand what a man was meant to be and to offer to the people around him. Um, so I, I think those were good kind of like guide marks. And uh, and then ultimately just having to really kind of lean on my faith and say, all right, I, I think there's more here to the Christian faith in terms of what it means to be a man than uh, even what the the church would sometimes present. You know, I, I think the, the view that I got from church most of the time was that um, a, a Christian man is uh, somebody who's nice, who's kind, you know, like uh, kind of first and foremost, like causes no offense um, and then is uh, and is married and has kids. You know, <laughs> it was kind of like that was the sum total of what it meant to be a Christian man. And <laughs> uh, and, you know, I, I just thought like, OK, there's there's way more variety to manhood in the scriptures than just that. And so, you know, certainly there's got to be a, a bigger and a better picture of manhood, even that we can draw on from the scriptures to be able to help us understand 
what does it mean to be a man? You know, so for me, that was really, that was kind of the question was like, all right, what are those things about? Um, I think a defining kind of moment for me in my twenties was beginning to realize a couple things. One, uh, that at the, at the core of manhood was the idea of strength. Um, and, uh, for me, I like, I didn't grow up playing a lot of sports. I wouldn't say that I wasn't physically active. You know, I, I did some kind of individual sports kinds of things. Um, I was a swimmer, uh, I played golf and tennis, you know, some of those kinds of things growing up, um, but didn't do a lot of team sports. And, uh, so the whole idea of like, strength and athleticism was for me kind of, uh, always sort of on the back burner. Like it was never really like something that I felt was essential or necessary to me as a man. It was kind of just like, Oh, this is a nice, like if I do it great, you know, kind of a bonus sort of thing. But I think I began to realize in my twenties that like, you know, as a man, like God designed my body for strength. Like that's part of the way that he has made us as men is our bodies are built for strength. They're meant to offer strength to others. And that it really is kind of a like core, you know, essence of what it means to be a man. Now, again, that doesn't mean that every guy has to go out and, you know, uh, just have, you know, ripped bulging muscles and, you know, breaking out of their t-shirts kind of things, or, or, you know, or be like men's health worthy all the time. You know, like that's not the point. I don't, that's kind of, again, sort of a caricature, but I think it did mean that, uh, I needed to be paying attention to my own body, the way that I was developing it and how I was using it to be able to offer and to help others. And that if there were ways that I couldn't do some of those things, then, uh, then I was maybe falling short of the mark. So that was kind of where things started for me. And then I began to realize that out of that, that the strength wasn't just kind of like a, you know, a man is supposed to be strong, but it was really from strength that all the other kind of aspects of manhood began to sort of flow out for me. So understanding strength is really kind of like a foundational value and that all the other aspects of manhood, you know, kind of came through that lens. So another good one for me was just sort of the idea of courage. You know, we, in our, um, modern culture kind of think about courage or bravery as especially for men as just like not having any fears. Um, but I don't think that's actually realistic. You know, I, nope. I don't think that's anybody can do that. Our fear is just a, you know, as a natural part of our bodies. Um, but I think courage, I think the right kind of understanding of that is that, uh, that we're able to face our fears that we have, we have the ability to kind of move towards our fears and to confront them and overcome them. And that as men, that that's particularly born out of strength that we are able to begin to kind of see like, Hey, I have this body and it has capability. And that enables me to move towards the things that I'm afraid of uh, with strength and with courage to be able to overcome them. So anyway, I'm, I'm kind of going on a roundabout tangent there, but uh, some of these things were really key for me in my twenties of beginning to understand, Hey, I need to be developing myself. Uh, I need to be investing in how I grow as a man because I don't just, happen upon manhood. You know, it's, it's not something that just kind of like gets dropped in my lap or because I arrived at a certain age, you know, I am a man at this point, uh, you know, as a male, I obviously grow up and age and mature, but to be a man means to live out some certain things. And I needed to be developing and cultivating those things in myself. And that was really kind of the big, uh, realization and understanding for me in my twenties. So we might fast forward a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, we'll probably go back. And I got some questions about strength. However, uh, you've got the five marks of manhood. Uh Yeah, let's just let's just hit them all and then maybe pick and choose and go back through some stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you're 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 on a roll. So I'm like, I know there's three more coming. (laughs) So like, let's just hit them. 
So yeah, so just for a little bit of context, uh, these five marks of manhood are, um, you know, kind of what I really think are the the critical essence of what it means to be a man. So when we think about kind of how to answer that question, uh, I, I think a lot of emphasis sometimes is put on the roles that we think men are supposed to play, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like provider, protector, mm-hmm. husband, father. Uh, those things are, are good. You know, I, I do think Men need to live into and lean into those things. Um, But there's plenty of ways to be a man and not have to be those things. So I don't know that those things are always really at the essence of being a man. I think they tend to flow out of that essence and kind of men sort of naturally lean into those things, which is good. That's a really good thing. But for me, I had to kind of get back to like, okay, well, so what are the foundational basics? You know, what are we really talking about when we're talking about manhood? And I don't know that it's as much about roles as it is about traits. Uh, So, you know, what are the traits? traits that really kind of surround what it means to be a man and not just in our culture, but in most cultures throughout history, you know, what mm-hmm. has manhood really looked like? What have men had in common? And so that's where these five marks of manhood really come into play. And I know we'll kind of get back a little more into the rite of passage idea in a minute, but uh, you know, I think these five marks of manhood are especially crucial for uh, our sons and for younger men today in particular, because this question of what does it mean to be a man is, is it's gotten so complicated and so convoluted in our society right now uh, <laughs> that, you know, there are no clear answers. If you're just asking that question, uh, you know, to the people around you, you're going to get, you know, 15 different answers for every 10 people that you ask. <laughs> you know, it's just nobody really knows. Nobody's comfortable saying what they think is the truth because they're afraid of getting, you know, critiqued right, or canceled right, or yeah. whatever else. Um, so it's, it's become very, very, very difficult for young men to figure out in our culture, what does it mean to be a man? So, uh, you know, especially for our sons, as we think about trying to help our sons step into manhood, uh, I, I think there's there's three really kind of key elements to that. And these five marks of manhood is kind of that, that first element, which is really, you got to give them a clear vision of what it means to be a man. You have to help your son understand what does it mean to be a man? And it it doesn't have to be that complicated. You know, one of the things I like to tell people is uh, for most of the history of the world, 50% of the population has advanced from boyhood into manhood without a whole lot of problems. <laughs> you know, like it's <laughs> it's not that hard to figure out really when you think about it. Um, but, you know, it's only kind of been in our, our recent Western moment that we have made it you know, complicated and convoluted. And so uh, the five marks of manhood are meant to just help give a simple baseline of how to be able to do that. So coming back to those, I know. You, you yeah, yeah, no, you're, 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 you're doing great. You're doing great. Keep, keep so yeah, rolling. strength, strength and courage would be the first two of those five marks of manhood, which, which we've talked about. The others are skill, honor, and allegiance. So strength, courage, skill, honor, and allegiance. And I can just dive right into the rest of those if you want me to. Yeah, hammer them, man. Yeah. Okay. So so we talked about strength and courage a little bit already. Skill would just be the basic idea of like, you know, learning to be good at some things. Men are needed to offer skills to the world. You know, when you're looking for somebody who can do something for you, men are meant to come through in those ways. Uh, and so as men, we not only, I think, are, are we tend to be expected to be a little bit of a jack of all trades, right? We need to have a variety of skills. There's kind of a Swiss army knife aspect to being a man. We need to be good at a number of things in order 
empowered to be able to help out in our world. Um, but I, then I think there's also a level of like, uh, we need to be especially skilled in one or two things. You know, we need to have something that we really can offer expertise in, uh, that when our friends and neighbors are looking for help in a particular thing, you know, whether it's home improvement projects or doing your taxes or, you know, picking out, uh, the best type of whiskey, you know, <laughs> whatever it is, like, you know, they, every, every guy wants a go-to guy for those things, you know, like, who do I talk to when I need help with fill in the blank. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what men are meant to offer to each other. We do need skill to be able to, you know, kind of contribute successfully to the world. Um, those first three, three strength, courage, and honor are really what I would say are kind of the individual aspects of manhood. So a man can develop sort of all of those things mostly on his own, but the last two things, honor and allegiance are really about how men relate to other people, how we relate to our world. And so they can't be developed in isolation. They have to be developed in relationship. Um, honor in particular is kind of about your peer relationships. So this is about doing right by a group of peers. Um, so that's that's more of like the horizontal one. Allegiance would be more of like the vertical one. So this is like, who am I under the authority of? And how do I relate well to those you know authority figures in my life? And that's both like immediate authority, which would be like, you know, a boss or a coach or a mentor or something like that. Um, but also ultimate allegiance, which would have more to do with, you know, my God, who am I serving? Who really has mastery over all of my life? And what does that kind of allegiance look like? So these things in particular, I think are really important. And one of the reasons that I think it's worth talking about these kinds of things with our sons is because, uh, in a church setting in particular, I think one of the things that we've gotten backwards is that churches tend to talk about what it means to be a good man before we ever even really talk about what it means to be a man. Now, talking about what it means to be a good man is not a bad thing. Like we do need to hold up good and holy and inspiring pictures of good men. Absolutely. You know, that's absolutely worth affirming. Um, but like I said, in our culture today, where it's gotten so confusing to understand what masculinity is all about, you know, we, we can't get the cart before the horse. And so that's where uh, these relational aspects, I think, are especially important because here's the thing about these marks of manhood. They don't tell you what it means to be a good man. They just tell you what it means to be a man. So take honor, for example, honor is really about doing right by your peers. Honor just means kind of in the very old sense of the word, uh, you know, like how to really develop esteem with a group of men around you. Now, what's important there is that it, honor by itself is kind of morally neutral, right? So if you if you pick a gang of bad guys to hang out with, you might have honor with that group of guys, but it could right. be for doing really wrong things. You know, it could right, be for right, doing yeah. all the bad kinds of things, but it's just that that's what's respected and held in high regard among that group of men. So you might be high on honor, but low on goodness, you know, and that's not okay. Like that's not what we ultimately want as men and especially as men who are trying to follow Jesus. Um, but that's where I think it is really important for our sons to help them to understand, you know, being a man uh, isn't necessarily a morally good thing. You've got to learn what it means to be a man and then how to be a good man. And part of that is saying like, oh, I can develop honor a whole lot of different ways, but who I choose to have honor with is really going to shape a whole lot about my life. And, uh, you know, the same can be said for allegiance. The, the leaders that I choose to follow, the God that I choose to serve is going to have a whole lot to do with the way that my life gets shaped. And if I choose those things poorly, 
then the kind of man I will become isn't something that's necessarily going to be worth upholding. You know, like that, I would be able to kind of stand that on a pedestal and say, look at this guys. And other people would be proud of it, you know, or impressed by it. Um, so I, that's why it's, I think, really important and kind of critical to talk about it with our sons and to help them understand, like, here's what it means to be a man. Here's how you take that and turn it into being a good man. Yeah, that uh, allegiance. Uh, I don't know why, but lately World War II type stuff has been floating around in my my sphere. And yeah. they've been talking about men and Hitler and you do yeah. things, maybe because Israel's breaking loose and everything. But like as a man, things are happening around you and a lot of guys are, hey, why did you just go with that? Why didn't yeah. you put your foot down? Yeah. yeah. Who who was there? And, yeah. you know, opposition force was there, but the people that were in Germany didn't say, yeah, this ain't right. Yeah. Yeah. A handful tried to do that, you know, and they got killed for doing it. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so allegiance is hard, right? I mean, it, it's hard sometimes to stand up for the allegiance that you know you need to have when it's going to put you in opposition to the culture around you. But, uh, you know, that's that's that comes back to the kind of the basics of strength and courage, you know, like it's going to take strength and courage to be able to maintain an allegiance to something that the, that the culture is opposing. Uh, and so, you know, again, it's why it's worth talking about all of those things with our son. So uh, you got to give them a clear vision of what it means to be a man. And I think that's what those five marks of manhood are really for. Yeah. I like that. When you were talking about strength, that one really struck a chord with me because I, you know, it's not, you know, it's not uh uh, something that you get, uh, you know, man, woman, like, it's just fact. Like even yeah. my wife, she's like, why are they letting men swim yeah. in the women's races? <laughs> like right. I'm confused. Like yeah. this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and- it doesn't, you know, and that's, what's really challenging about our culture right now is that at a just common sense level, everybody can look at it and go, there's something not right about that. Uh, and, but you know, it, it takes a very, um, it takes a very complicated and convoluted culture to twist common sense around and to say, oh, but we're going to do it differently anyway. And that's kind of where our culture is right now is that we've just we've twisted common sense quite a bit to where, you know, we're calling uh, things that don't make sense right and good. And, uh, you know, sometimes our world needs turning upside down in some ways in order to figure out what is really good and what is really right. You know, I think probably, you know, your example of the the Nazis in Germany needed their world turned upside down to be able to re-figure out what was right and good because uh, they'd fallen into some traps there. Um, but, you know, I think we're in kind of a place where uh, we're on the opposite side of that coin, you know, where we're calling some things right and good that don't make a lot of sense. And uh, we need to get back to some fundamentals to help us be able to find the way through. And with strength, what I also thought about, uh, some of my college roommates were like those ultra athletes, super strong, mm-hmm, you know, lift mm-hmm. the world with one finger. Right. And that wasn't, that wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> I'd surprise you, but that wasn't me. And I see what those guys were doing. I'm like, man, I don't want to hit the gym two hours a day, yeah. seven days a week. I don't want to do that. Yep. And, um, to some degree, like I was also in the army at that time. So there was some level of staying in shape because you were going to sure. have a physical yeah. test and you're right. going to be around your peers and you didn't want to be less than. Yeah. And, yeah. um, but when you're like strength, isn't your strong suit, like yeah. maybe your mm-hmm. mental side's better or spiritual side's better or you know, whatever it is like, man, maybe I can just like not really pay attention to that because, um, you know, what's it going to really get me? Like yeah. I'm already in the lower side of things anyway. And if I get better, like I'll be average. And 
I think that's a um I think that's a limiting factor for guys who like I'm not good at it. Right. So why would I try? Yeah. No, that- I, I think that's I think that's a fantastic question. And I think it's especially true in our culture because, you know, again, because of caricatures, we have these such extremes of, you know, what strength is supposed to look like for a man. You know, is it um is it about being a fitness model, you know, that you can see all of their muscles, but then the muscles are mostly for show more than they are for strength. Um, you know, or is it about being a, uh, you know, this massive kind of like strongman type who can lift a car, um, but, you know, can't really sit in a chair. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, there's all these just kind of like just blown over the top uh, caricatures. And then at the same time, we live in a culture that, you know, the average uh, man is uh, is getting heavier and heavier. You know, we're, we're our, yes, as a culture, yes. we're becoming more and more obese and out of shape. Um, so I think, you know, figuring the way through is really difficult. I, I, t- I try to talk about it in terms of just a couple things. As a man, here's usually kind of what my like go-to test is. Um, do you have the strength to meet your physical demands on a day-to-day basis without getting winded? You know, okay, so can you do the things that your day typically requires of you without getting winded? Which might be, you know, simple things like walking up the stairs and carrying groceries in or, you know, playing with your kids, you know, things like that. You know, can you do those basic things without getting winded? And second, uh, do you have the strength to be able to show up and meet the needs in an emergency? Okay. So your kid gets, you know, trapped under a piece of playground equipment uh, that falls over or, um, you know, like somebody gets a leg trapped under a lawnmower or, you know, I'm, I'm kind of yeah, using yeah. the same yeah. example, but like in an emergency situation, uh, you know, you need to jump a fence, you need to, you know, whatever, like, do you have the strength to be able to do something? If someone's uh, health or life is dependent on you being able to come through for them, can you do it? And I, I think if we can answer yes to both of those questions, then we're we're probably pretty good. You know, like as men, we probably have the strength that is or ever could be needed from us. And that's really the point. You know, our bodies are meant to be offered for help for others. You know, we need to use our strength to be able to help others. Uh, And maybe that means, you know, carting your kids around on your back. Maybe it means, you know, lugging a sofa up a flight of stairs with your buddy as he moves into a new apartment, you know, whatever, like we need to be able to offer that and to be able to do it without having to, Hey, say, I I need to stop and take a break. You know, like, um, and I think if most men can answer yes to those questions, then they're probably in, uh, in pretty good shape as it relates to, you know, where we need strength in our modern age. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So yes, I like, uh, I like those couple of questions. So guys, if you aren't in the greatest shape and you're like, why would I even try? Like, there's just some simple practical things like yeah. be healthy. Um, if you're in a little bit better shape, you'll be able to get down and, you know, play with your kids on the ground. You'll That's be right. able to be on the playground with them, all kinds of practical things. Secondly, it's healthy. Yeah. Like 40, 50, 60, 70 years old, like you'll, be able to live longer and have a more vibrant life. Um, the emergency thing makes me think of the founder of F3. He came up with a little thing. It's a little different, but similar. He says, fatigue makes cowards of all men. Sure. Yeah. So when you get tired, you're pushing your limits, you're winded. Like, I'm not going to do that next thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or weakness. You know, if you don't know what you're made of, if you don't know what your strength is, you don't know. And something comes up and you're like, ah, just going to let that bad thing happen because, you know, yeah. what am I going to do? Yeah. How can I help? Yeah. How exactly. can I help? Like I, I'm weak. Like I, yeah. 
I don't know. Like I might hurt myself. Like forget that. Yeah. But you know, and you don't have to be like an endurance athlete or any of that type thing, but like do something. Yeah. And with that, you may have been going that direction with it too, but I think when you're doing physical activity, it lends to the mental strength as well. Yeah. Which then can also lead to spiritual strength as well. Yeah. Again, you know, like I said, I think I really do think strength is the foundational attribute of what it means to be a man. It's not the only one. And it doesn't mean that women can't be strong, uh, but it really is the foundational thing for men out of which all of the other things flow. So you're absolutely right. Yeah. When you, I'm like, I almost stopped you right there when you were going through it. I was like, no, you're on a roll. I'm going to let you keep going. But I totally believe that. Like in my life, when the the fitness thing is going good, I'll eat better. Uh-huh. I'll be a better person to people around me. I'll make yeah. better decisions. Like your mind is more clear. Your mind is more better, you know, yeah. yeah. All of the above. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So um, yeah, I love that. That a lot of, a lot flows from that strength part. Um, you know, courage. I have more courage when I'm in better shape. Yeah. Like, yeah. All the rest I, I feel, of them down the I list. I feel like, confident in what my body can do, you know? And so I, I don't mind tackling some challenges because I have some confidence that I could actually meet that. And that's where courage comes from. So yeah, I agree. We we did a trunk or treat the other day and a lady, one of our friends, she unexpectedly spins towards me and hands me a bag of M&Ms or something. And I'm like, she goes, I can't open it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm a man. Let me just knock this out real easy for you. Yeah. It was hard. <laughs> and I thought, oh my gosh, maybe I'll just, uh, you know. Go get some scissors or something. And I thought, yeah. man, I'm a, I'm a man. I got to knock this out. <laughs> Figure this one out. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I did it though. I did that's it. That's good. That's good. <laughs> oh man. And then courage. Um, we can build that on our own. Mm-hmm. What are some, what are some tips you got there? Maybe something as you're doing the rites of passage thing. Have you got something in there for the boys? Uh, oh, I do actually. Yes. In the rite of passage, it's actually one of my favorite steps, uh, in our, in the rite of passage that we do, um, uh, for, for them. Uh, so I'm, I'm skipping ahead a couple steps. So we'll have to kind of retrack and talk about some things, but, uh, yeah. f- for, for the sons in the rite of passage, one of the challenges that they have that is meant for helping them develop courage is they have to have a, uh, face-to-face conversation with a girl. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Yeah. So, you know, in this day and age, uh, most uh, conversations happen over text message, you know, at, at best, especially with this generation this of, of younger sons. And so this is a way to kind of push them into waters that they're already nervous and unfamiliar, you know, with about what do I say and how do I talk to a girl and, you know, what do we even talk about? Um, so it, it just kind of forces them to, to do it. And, you know, I think in a lot of ways that really is the essence of building courage. Sometimes, like, you know, like we, when I talked about an emergency, sometimes courage is needed. Like we've got to summon it from a place to be able to meet a demand that's right in front of us that we didn't expect. And that mm-hmm. does take courage. But more often than not, courage is just saying ah, this thing in my life that makes me uncomfortable. I'm actually going to face it. And I'm going to do something about it. Uh, and, you know, that could just be like, uh, there's this like thing in my garage that I know needs fixing and I have just been putting it off. You know, like, you know, like this is a 
broken thing on my car or something broken from my house. Like I just, I, I don't know what to do with it exactly. So I just haven't done anything. Well, like in some ways that's a skill test, but it's also a courage test. Like, am I willing to face my own insecurity over the fact that I don't know what to do here and to actually kind of figure out, you know, something, whether that's talking to a friend or even just watching a YouTube video to help me figure mm-hmm. out how do I tackle this problem? That's, that's courage. Um, and I think by, you know, kind of some of those like smaller examples, um, that, that's how we develop courage uh, so that when we get into some of those, you know, bigger examples where we're caught off guard by something that we didn't expect and might really be afraid of and have absolutely no idea how to handle, we at least have the the fortitude to say, I can step into this as a man and offer something. It might not be enough. It might not be exactly what's needed, but I can try. I at least have the courage to try. And that's better than I'm not going to try at all. That's really what failure looks like. And that's where a total lack of courage comes into play. So, you know, it's better that we have, we develop enough courage as men to be able to face our fears and attempt to overcome them. And you do that by just like looking at your life and saying, what are the things that I'm avoiding? You know, where are the places that I don't want to show up and make a list of five of them and just, you know, like one at a time, knock them out, just figure out something to do about each of those things. Even if you don't get it right, you know, just make an attempt. That's how you develop your courage muscle. Where does confidence fit into all this? I think confidence comes on the back end of trying and succeeding, you know, so trying something you don't know how to do and Mm -hmm. then figuring out that you can do something about it. Again, it, it may not have been the perfect solution. You may not get it exactly right on the first attempt, mm-hmm. but confidence comes through making an attempt and seeing that you can get some results, you know, like I'm capable of doing something here. I have something to offer and confidence comes out of that place over just repeated efforts, yeah, yeah. you know, where you, you see that you can actually contribute and produce some results. And then you're not as afraid to try to step in and do something the next time. I've I've been working with some people recently and showing them examples in the past where they stepped into something uncomfortable and accomplished it. Yeah. Or or even did something that was routine for them, but not routine for somebody else. And yeah, you know, just showing them, hey, you had some success. Yeah, that's right. And helping that's them right. look back and recognize uh, there's a book out there, The Gap and the Gain. Mm-hmm. And in that book, it talks about Uh, you know, what have you done? What have you accomplished? You know, recognizing the little wins throughout the day or the big wins and using that to gain confidence, to gain, um, you know, happiness really. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. So this this is a really good point. This is actually kind of what I would say is sort of, you know, I said, there's, there's three things that your son needs to know in order to become a man. This is what I would say is the second one uh, is that he needs opportunities to practice being a man. Right. Yes, so if the first yes. one, is, he, he needs a clear vision of what it means to be a man. That's the first one. The second one is that he needs opportunities to practice being a man. And so, you know, I think uh, the way we do this in the rite of passage, the way that I've done this with my own sons is uh, we create things that we call manhood challenges. And they're really just kind of like simple things built around those five marks of manhood. So, you know, what I just mentioned to you about uh, the courage challenge of having a, a face-to-face real conversation with a girl, you know, like that that's a manhood challenge. That's a way to try to get better in one of those five marks of manhood. And I think especially at this kind of like uh, middle school age for sons where they're in the, you know, the range of about 11 to 15, kind of, you know, that dynamic, this, this phase of practicing being a man is so crucial to them for exactly what you're talking about. They need to develop that confidence, sort of that like settled 
inner sense that they are men. And by that, they know that in the sense that, you know, I think it's John Eldridge who maybe first talked about it, but every other men's writer since has talked about the idea of uh, that you have what it takes, you, know, that you takes, understand. Yeah. yeah. You believe kind of on the inside that, hey, I can show up and offer something in the face of this challenge. I have what it takes to be able to enter in this and into this and to attempt to overcome it. Uh, again, we're not going to get it perfectly right every time, but that isn't the point. The point is, do I have that settled confidence, that belief in myself that I can offer something here? You know, whatever something looks like, I can offer something. Uh, and, and you know, boys and young men really develop that during this age you know, and stage of life where they're going through a lot of these different challenges, um, facing all kinds of new and different things as they both go through puberty and start to begin to enter into adult life. Um, you know, there's all kinds of things for them to meet and they need to face those things. Uh, I think that the, the difficulty in our culture at the moment is that uh, we have in a lot of ways as a society really robbed our young men of the opportunities to be challenged in some of those areas. So, you know, you look at, at, at guys today that are in their adolescence, a lot of their days are filled with video games mm-hmm. and social media and texting and maybe some sports. But for the most part, you know, it's it's just those things. It's largely a digital world. It's largely contained in this sort of sterile bubble of their phone or their, you know, PlayStation or whatever. And it really robs them of the challenges of real life. You know, like leveling up on the latest Xbox adventure is not the same thing as having to figure out how to change a flat tire on your car. You know, like yeah, they are art- not artificial. the same. Yeah, yeah artificial. they're artificial. You're right. And so, you know, I think as dads in particular, part of what we have to own is to recognize that our sons need challenging. They need to be challenged and tested in this stage of life to help them become men so that as they enter into adulthood, they have developed that kind of confidence that says, I can face down these challenges. You know, as a teenager, it might be small things like, you know, learning to change a tire, which that's maybe uh, even a bigger example than is necessary. Um, But just, you know, a simple thing like learning to have a conversation with a girl uh, is important because later on in life, that translates into how to navigate a really difficult conflict with my wife. You know, like that's real life. You know, that's the real world. And if you don't learn how to be able to do some of that in adolescence, or at least learn the confidence that says I can enter into this and offer something, then in adulthood, you get to that place and you just fall apart. You know, there's, there's no, there's an absence of manhood there and it leads to failures in relationship. It leads to failures in family. It leads to, you know, increasing conflict and stress and anxiety and all kinds of other bad things because you didn't get challenged, uh, you know, to the extent that you really needed to in those adolescent years to help you develop that settled confidence moving into your adult years. So, what uh, I'm, yeah, as dads, we got to enter in there. Yeah. What I'm hearing is, is as dads and moms, I know moms aren't really listening, but FYI, uh, yeah. as we're, as you're talking about these things, Don guys are probably thinking, huh, I could use a little help there. Yeah. I'm deficient there. Yeah. Um, I know we were talking about the strength and you know all that, but it's mental strength, it's spiritual strength, relationship with Christ and everything. So if you're deficient in one of those strengths, you've got to work to build yourself up because your kids are looking to you as the example. That's right. And your kids go, well, he doesn't do it. Yeah. He doesn't do it. He tells me to do it, but he doesn't do it. 
Right. That's right. You know, you were talking about going to church. You know, I'm a churchgoer as well. Some of the audience are not churchgoers. So maybe we get into that a little bit. Okay. Yep. You know, um, you know, dad doesn't go to church, but he sure opens the door and gets us out so he can watch football. Right. Or whatever. So yeah, guys, I'm not picking on you on that one, but at the same time, it's that time of year where football's on. I love some football too, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's questions of allegiance there, you know, like what does allegiance really look like? Who are you allegiant to? You might say that God is your ultimate allegiance, but show me the evidence in your life that says, you know, what my life is really ordered around is my God is my faith. Like show the evidence of that. And that will prove what your allegiance is all about. Your kids won't have a hard time figuring that out. You know, they won't have a hard time being able to look at your life as a dad and and know, you know, do his words match his life? If he says that his ultimate allegiance is to God, but his life looks like this over here, you know, is his ultimate allegiance really to, uh, you know, football, which that's maybe extreme, but, you know, to his own pleasure and relaxation, like that becomes the priority over everything. Is it to his work? Is it to money? Is it to, you know, whatever, like it could be a whole bunch of different things. Your kids won't have a hard time seeing that in your life. So you've got to match it up uh, with what you're saying. But I think another big one there for, for dads is the whole idea of honor, right? So when we talk about honor, we're talking about doing right by our peers. And I think a lot of dads would want to be able to tell their sons, Hey, who you choose to be friends with really matters because it's going to shape a lot of who you are. But then as grown men, we really struggle with actually having other men in our lives, you know, like of, of having anyone <laughs> around us that we actually are worthy of that man's honor, you know, that, that we've done anything to develop relationships with other guys where there is such a thing as honor in my life. You know, most uh, American men, Christian or not, are living very isolated, independent lives right now. And, you know, that's reflected in the loneliness epidemic that is only increasing in our culture. Uh, And and so, you know, we're kind of living without this virtue of honor at the moment because we're living so isolated from one another. So, you know, same thing, dads, like it's one thing to tell your son that he needs to pick his friends well. It's another thing for you to say to yourself, I need some friends. I've got to have some men around me who know me and who are helping to shape me into being the man that I know that I want to be and who God has made me to be. So honor's got to be just as important to you as you want it to be for your son. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that honor category too, if you're not doing what you'd like your kids to see, I think that's an honor thing. I think, you know, you you lose some points on the scorecard there or, you know, all that your, your family cred goes down there. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So you talked about uh, guys lonely and all that type thing. So we'll sidetrack the rites of passage thing. Guys, we'll get back to it. I promise. <laughs> um, talk about that. Like, let me put you on the spot. We didn't talk okay. about this before. That's great. But, um, what do you do in your own life to develop male friendships? Yeah. And, and, so, you might, and you might be a little bit different. Maybe maybe we should talk about Joe over in the corner with you being a church pastor. <laughs> fair. Yeah, I, I think that is fair. Um uh, yes, I would say, or, um, or you being a church pastor, maybe you isolate yourself from, you know, whatever, but like, yeah, frame it up, you know, go. Yeah. I, I would say I'm, I'm probably different than what I know of, uh, as most pastors. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll put myself in kind of a separate category, although I do think, uh, from what I see and from what research has shown, pastors tend to be some of the loneliest men that yes, we know yes, uh, they are surrounded by people, uh, often surrounded by men 
but rarely connect well with any of them because they're having to relate to most of the men around them at some sort of a business-like level. You know, when you're the pastor, uh, people come to you looking for answers and that becomes almost like a, you know, contractual relationship instead of a true relationship. Um, So, you know, a little side tangent there, but yes, most pastors are just as, if not more lonely than other men. So guys... Go talk to your pastor and be. Yeah, absolutely. Them. Yeah. And give Stop him the freedom guard. to talk to yeah. you without consequence. You know, let him just say what's going on in his world and don't judge him for it. You know, his life is just as hard and maybe harder than yours. So give him some space to be honest about that. And Once anyway, upon a time I, in my life, I met a guy after a big thing that he did a big speech and all that and on the stage. And I added my courage because I was like, oh, gosh, I'm not worthy to talk to this guy and all that. And I, <laughs> this is years ago, but I said, hey, man. You did a fantastic thing for all the people in the audience. Like people were moved. Good things are going to happen from this. And I just want to let you know, you did a good thing. And and I really appreciate you taking your time out of your day to do this big thing. And he's like, who are you? Told him, you know, and he goes, my version is, well, what do you want? What do you need? Like, why did you wait in this line? I was like, that was the only reason was just to encourage you to keep doing good things for people. He's like, that's it. You don't want anything. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Go to your church pastor, not wanting anything other than to let him know something that he did well. Yeah, absolutely. Because as men, when we encourage other men, you know, he'll be more bold. He'll be talking to the men more. He'll be encouraged, you know? So uh, I think that's a really, really important thing that gets overlooked. I think our pastors get overlooked by men because they're just doing their job. Like, what do they need us for? They've got plenty of other people, you know, fan of the flames and, you know, giving them affirmations yeah. and whatever. So they don't need which, this stuff. Yeah. Which is a myth. You know, that's, it's really not true. It's an easy assumption, but it's just not true. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, I would say to any guy, um, you're going to have to take some initiative to build some friends around you, right? It's going to take some effort. Our culture doesn't promote male friendship in any way naturally anymore. So, you know, other than like, you might find some, uh, some work colleagues to talk about, you know, work related things with, um, you might find some drinking buddies to watch a football game with, you know, those are about the extent of what male friendship tends to look like for most guys. Um, But finding men in your life who can know and understand your story what has shaped you into the man that you have become, the challenges that you are facing today, what you need in order to be able to overcome them, and that you are learning all those things about them as well. And that together, you guys are helping each other to be able to face all of that. Like That's the kind of friendship that you need. And those don't come easy. They don't just happen for most men. Um, You're going to have to figure out ways to be able to make them happen for you. So I've actually started uh, the organization that I have started is called Manhood Tribes. So this rite of passage that I'm doing is, uh, is really part of that. But Manhood Tribes is really all about creating groups of manly men who follow Jesus at every stage of life. And the idea there is that as men, we are meant to, part of being a man is that you are meant to do it in the context of other men. That's really what honor is all about. To be the man that you are supposed to be, you need other men around you. It's a necessity. It's not optional. It's not a nice to have. It is part of the way that you are designed. And so, you know, I would just, I would challenge any guy who doesn't have that to figure out a way to do it in your life. And that might be, uh, it's going to look different for every guy. It might be if you're involved in a church that it's really as simple as uh, you need to find, you know, three or four other guys at your church that you can begin to start having some of those conversations with. Um, Not every guy that's going to be easy to do, whether you're in a church or not. 
Um, if you're not, uh, you know, you need to uh, you need to find them through whatever context you have in your life. And now this is where it gets tricky, because for a lot of guys, there aren't any contexts in their life apart from work and family. Right. I go to my job. I come home <laughs> to my family and that's all there is to me. I don't have hobbies. I don't have interests. I don't have, you know, things that I do outside of those hours. And that becomes a real problem. So if that's you, like, that's where you got to start. You, you need a life, <laughs> frankly, you know, you need more to your life than just work and family. Uh, none of us are meant to survive on just that alone. And so you, you've got to be able to start developing something, whether that's you join a gym to help improve your strength and fitness, and you look for a gym that's going to promote community and interaction more than it's going to promote, like you just coming and putting in your headphones and doing your own workout and everybody's doing the exact same thing, you know, so look for places where you're going to be able to interact. If the fitness that's world where I see is, the CrossFit thing going crazy. Yeah, that's why all CrossFit about has been so successful is because of that community aspect. But it doesn't have to be in the fitness world that you find that you can do it with anything. You know, I've got a really close friend who does it through board games like he loves board games uh, and has found a community of other board gamers, you know, in the area and they get together, you know, they have different tournaments and whatnot that go on, you know, throughout the month. And so he finds ways of being able to connect with that group of people that way. It can be any interest or hobby that you have for a lot of guys, things like uh, woodworking or any kind of craftsmanship sort of idea is an easy way to get started. Uh, Cars, motorcycles, food, you know, barbecue, like you name it, like figure out what your interest is. And I guarantee you there's probably some kind of community in your area of other men who are pursuing that same interest and you've just got to get connected with them. Just start there. And your conversations may only ever initially be about that thing that you're mutually interested in. Right. Um, But there's only so much that you can talk about barbecue, (laughs) you know, so eventually that's where you have to take the initiative to say, uh, Hey, Brad, or, you know, whoever is in the group with you, like, Hey, uh, can we go grab lunch together? And I just would love to get to know you a little bit more outside of just talking about barbecue. And that's step one, you know, and then that's where you begin to kind of have some of those, uh, more fruitful and soul nourishing conversations about, Hey, help me understand who you are and how you've become the man that you've become. And I want to do the same. So keep going. What else? We got initiative. We got developing ourselves, finding some, some interesting things to do that we enjoy. That's something that we, we can tend to do. It's, you know, low priority. We got to protect, we got to, uh, you know, feed our family. We got to take care of business. We got to get our accolades at work. Yeah. So, you know, I think, um, once you begin to find, three, four, five guys that you can start having some of those kinds of conversations with where you've initiated, you know, a little more actual relationship with them. Um, I think that's when you need to start trying to pull them together as a group. You know, so instead of just like I've had these kind of one on one conversations with a few different guys and those are going well and I'm enjoying those friendships. um, Now it's time to start trying to pull that group of guys together as an actual group and to begin having those conversations kind of together as a group. Um, And if you are a, a follower of Christ, like that's especially where in that group context, you begin to help kind of challenge each other and hold each other accountable to how am I living my life in a way that shows my allegiance to Jesus, you know, that shows Mm -hmm. my 
honor to the way that Jesus would live? Uh, you know, how are we holding each other to those standards? And there's a number of different ways that you can do that. You know, that could be through uh, prayer time. It could be through you're reading a, a book together on, uh, you know, manhood and faith, or, you know, you're, you're just doing something that's kind of challenging everybody together and talking through, like, how do we uphold those things as a group? So, uh, you know, I don't want to get overly prescriptive there, but I think there's, there's a little, you know, there's kind of a simple yeah. roadmap um, that I think any guy can follow. And it's going to look a little different for every guy. Um, but I, I think going from, I need to find an interest. I need to get to know some people who share my interests. I need to take some initiative with a few guys from that, you know, interest level to develop it into something more specific and more intentional. Um, I need to pull that, you know, those individuals together into a group. And then as a group, we need to start talking about the things that really matter, you know, that are really going to help challenge us to be the men that we want to be. That's great. I think that was super, super helpful for guys. And you can, you know, do something silly. Like I was thinking, uh, I was helping my wife with something. She wanted to ride a Peloton. And what women love to do is they love to be social. Yeah, that's right. And what I like to do is be fiscally responsible. So I found the <laughs> alternative $600 echelon or whatever it was. And sure. in doing my research, I was like, holy cow, these other alternatives don't have that connected platform where your people jump on and you're chatting as you're riding right. and right. you know that community aspect. And I'm like, wow, that's overwhelmingly different than the other options. And women are social. They want to. And so, hey, who's on the Peloton? And all the neighborhood women are like, oh, I got one. I got one. I ride at 10. I ride at two. And I'm like, hey, honey, here's, you know, all these different women. If you want to connect with, you can ride at 10 and she'll yeah. be on. And, yeah. you know, she's like, what? I'm like, yeah, we're getting you a Peloton and here's all the stuff. And she's like, why are we getting a Peloton? Like that one doesn't make financial sense. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> But it makes community sense. Right. A, I love you for that answer. But B, I know this is going to be great for you. So you, let's do it. Yeah. She was the one who came up with it. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. all for it. How, yeah. And, you know, I had to justify the extra thousand bucks. I was trying not to justify the extra right. thousand bucks is what I was trying. <laughs> right. And then I discovered that and I'm like, you know. Worth it. Community, man. It's it's yeah. community and relationship. And when you can find a, a avenue to enhance that, yeah. I want to do fitness anyway. And like you said, Find a gym that in, in encourages community togetherness. Yeah, um, that's right. Inter interaction. That's right. You know, yeah. Uh, pickle, pickleball, pickle, pickleball. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's all the rage apparently. I haven't played myself, but I hear about it everywhere. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did uh, did 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 one the other day. I'm like, I can see anybody can play this. Yeah, I think that's I think that's why it's gained in popularity. That's great. It's way easier than playing tennis with your kids. Your yeah, kids absolutely. can actually play pickleball. So and be a little bit more competitive against you than you would think. So that's fun. That's fun. And you mentioned uh clear vision, opportunities to practice. Yep. What's the third thing? Yeah. So the third thing that uh you need to help your son become a man is that you need or he needs a dedicated season to advance from boyhood to manhood. So now we're we're kind of finally to it, you know, of the idea of what a rite of passage is all about and how to be able to do that well. He needs a dedicated season to advance from boyhood to manhood. And, you know, I was particular there to say that he needs a season because I think that um, while this idea of a rite of passage, you know, some kind of like a, an event or program that kind of formalizes the idea of my son has moved from being a boy to being a man. I think that's gained a lot of popularity in the past you know, decade or so, especially among faith circles. Um, 
But in a lot of ways, it has kind of been reduced to uh, just, you know, some sort of like a one off ceremony, you know, like whether that's mm-hmm. over the course of a weekend or a, a special night, you know, or something like that. It's, just, it's kind of a yeah, ceremony yeah. where you gather people together, you say a bunch of really cool things, you know, you, you tap your son on the shoulder with a sword and, you know, look, I, I got it in the background here. I'm, I'm all for yeah. swords, uh, but I, guys know, that like, are listening. Yeah, there's swords in the background. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, like in and of itself, that ceremony isn't going to be enough to actually advance your son from boyhood to manhood. So the a rite of passage really does have to be a process of some kind where he goes through some steps that allow him to believe about himself that he has, uh, if not exactly earned manhood, he has stepped into a setting where other men recognize him as a man. And that's really what's especially important about it yes. is that he understands not just that they've said that I'm that I'm a man, but he has demonstrated to them and they recognize that he is a man. And that takes a process, that takes time, that takes relational interaction, that takes community like we talked about. That takes all of those things. Um so that's where I think a, a rite of passage ceremony is an okay thing to do, but I really think it needs to be accompanied by a process. So what I've designed uh, actually is a uh, an experience that I call first tribe. Uh, so it's really kind of about like creating your son's first tribe experience, a group of dads and sons that are really around each other and that are helping usher these young sons into manhood. Uh, so it's a nine month experience um, where you just meet once a month. Uh, and the, you know, the content is kind of built around big questions about what it means to be a man, what it means to follow God. Do I have what it takes? Uh, you know, what am I meant to offer to the world as a man? Like all these things that we've kind of been talking about, all that, all those themes come out in this rite of passage meeting once a month. But then in between those meetings, you get to do a lot of things like manhood challenges. You know, you find some things to do dad and son together, uh, that encourage your son to step up to the plate a little bit, to demonstrate that he does have what it takes so that he goes through this process. And by the time he gets to that sort of final ceremony, um, he is already at the place of feeling like, yeah, I belong as a man. So when men are offering him the words of, we see and recognize you as a man, he sees and recognizes himself as a man. And that's, what's just as important. So, uh, yeah. So I think that that kind of whole process of a rite of passage is really necessary to advancing our sons from boyhood to manhood. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree. And you added in the community aspect of it. So it's not just a dad telling his son. That's right. It's a community of dads. Yeah. Yeah. Men come to understand that they are men because they get recognized as a man by other people that they know are men. Right. So that was a little complicated the way I said that. But basically, it's just like, hey, if I if I know that you're a man and you think I'm a man, then I probably am one. Like that's that's basically how we come to figure out and believe that we're men. Right. So the more that you can get your son around a community of men that you know and that he would admire, you know, the the better. The better it's going to be for him in terms of kind of advancing into manhood. Yeah, I love that. Um anything else that uh that the listeners should know about yeah. So, you know, I would say kind of just like we talked about uh, for, you know, for guys who are trying to develop a group of friends as you're thinking about like, hey, maybe I've got, you know, maybe you've got a middle school age son and you're kind of thinking like this might be a thing I would really love to do 
for my son. Uh, but I like, I wouldn't know who to ask to be a part of this group of dads and sons with us. Um, and that's where I say like, actually you can lean on your boy a little bit for this one, you know? So instead of as a dad having to kind of really develop a group of dads where you might start is developing a group of sons and then including the dads of those sons into the group. So you might be the one with the strangers in the group and your son really kind of knows a lot of, you know, he's inviting his friends into it and you just have to kind of do the, the, heavy lifting of getting to know the other dads. Um, A, that's that's worth it for your son's sake, you know, for you to do the heavy lifting there. Um, but B, hey, maybe that's a great way for you to actually get to know uh, some other guys that you could begin to have intentional conversations with um, because you get started with, we all have a shared interest in developing our sons. And that's an easy place to get started. So uh, I, I would say start there, you know, start by asking your son, hey, I, I've got this thing that I think would be really good for us to do together, but I want you to invite some of your friends to do it with you who are, you know, four, five or six of your good friends, you know, your peers um, that would be fun for us to do this uh, experience with. And, you know, start there, start by asking him. We had a previous guest on and he said he'd bring boys over to his house and teach him different things. And it was a lot of the stuff we did was more competition type stuff, but like, crazy competition yeah that's right like, yeah i was like name one he's like well like see who can spit the highest on the window yeah uh-huh. <laughs> and then you know we clean it later and blah blah and he's like and then when i was stuck on things to do i just pull a stopwatch out yeah and you just tell them anything to do as long as and they're clocking yeah. with stopwatch uh-huh. like yeah. they're, they're who can do it, it the fastest yeah that's <laughs> so, exactly right so these gatherings don't have to be the most complicated things in the world and no, then not he, at all He'd bring an element like, you know, skill or courage or something and explain a little bit about it and go back and forth with the boys. And then they'd have a competition and it was all fun. Like, yeah. Yeah. So in the, in the first tribe, uh, rite of passage gatherings, um, usually the first thing that we do to get started with a meeting is, uh, some kind of a game. And I really love the minute to win it games. Um, yeah. a, because they're easy to pull off the internet and, you know, anybody kind of has access to them, uh, B because they're short and simple. Um, and C just because, you know, they don't necessarily, it's not about testing athletic ability as much as it is just about having fun and competing. Um, so, you know, one that, one that I've played that I think is hilarious is you uh, you tape a couple tea bags um, to the brim of a baseball cap and you're just kind of like flinging them around to see who can like land the tea bags on the on the bill of the cap and it, like <laughs> nobody can do it. <laughs> it's, it's nearly impossible. Um, but it's fun to just, you know, watch each other, like throw your head around and see what happens with these tea bags. So, you know, it's those kinds of things, especially with boys who are in this like middle school stage of life uh, that just makes getting together fun and enjoyable, you know, as, as grown men, as adults, we don't often do those kinds of like silly things very much anymore, but they're still fun for us too. So, uh, you know, so I think it's where it's really good to just kind of let the boy out a little bit, um, come and play, play with your son, you know, do some fun things like that. It's a great way to connect um, and and to build community with other dads and sons too. So I wholeheartedly agree. There's got to be some fun involved um, to make it, to make it worth it and to make it effective. So guys, something you may consider what, what Don just said is uh, he's like, you gotta, you gotta keep the fun element. So you may consider, you know, tracking a, every day for a week. Here I am throwing out a challenge. We'll get to another one, but you may consider throwing out every day for a week, just keeping track of how much fun you have. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that was fun. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah. And by doing that, you'll be focusing on fun and then that'll expand in your life and you'll have more fun with people around you and your kids and everything else, even at work. Yeah. Yeah. No, you that, know, that's if you great. get so yeah. serious with stuff, you can overlook having fun. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Well, most guys, you know, in addition to not having very many friends, uh, most adult men don't have a lot of play time in yes. their life, you know? Yes. Um, so yeah. So I, I think that's, this is a great way to to build in some play into your life as well. I mentioned it before, but uh, one of my buddies, he lives up in Canada. He dances three times a day. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. It doesn't have you to know? be, you yeah. know, a two minute dance or nothing, but he just has to a couple times a day and he's, and he tracks that. Yeah. That's great. Hey, I, I got too serious today. I didn't dance at all. Yeah. Oh, darn. Like, I need, that's need more dancing. Of... Need more dancing. That's great. Yeah, that's yeah, great. absolutely. Uh, so where can guys reach out to you? Where can they find you? How can they connect? How can they join the tribe? Yeah. Uh, so the best way, if you're a dad with a middle school son, the easiest way to go check out some of this stuff would be to go to myfirsttribe.com. So you can check out the First Tribe write a passage there and see if that's something that you might be interested in. If that's not you, if you're not a dad with a middle school age son, you can still go to myfirsttribe.com and there's a pop-up window there where you can sign up for one of our uh, email trainings and that'll get you you know, kind of exposed to the message that we talk about, but also get you connected to all the other things that we do as well. So myfirsttribe.com. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So something that I have every guest do, I threw out a challenge already, but okay. I have every guest throw out a challenge, something guys can do week to week, could be fun, could be tough, could be whatever, but something that'll help them develop, some get better in some way, shape, shape or form, maybe as a leader of their family, maybe as a leader at work, maybe uh, could be, you know, one of the five characteristics, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. wherever you want to take that, but something that that guys can do week to week where they're like with a pen and paper right now, ready to yeah. write it down and, and get on it this week. No, uh, that's great. I love that. Uh, you know, I would say, and especially since we talked so much about strength um, and, and just how kind of foundational that is, I would say uh, one challenge that I think is really good that you can do for yourself, but you, it's really fun to involve uh, all, your family members in it as well. You know, your wife, your kids, whoever, you can do it together. Um, test yourself uh, now by seeing how many pushups you can do in 60 seconds. You know, so just kind of a basic strength challenge. How many pushups can you do in 60 seconds? Uh, and you might be able to do 60 or you might be able to do none. And that's OK. Like you're just you're testing kind of where you're at at the moment. You know, maybe you need to do some pushups on your knees because you can't do a single you know, plank push up. That's OK. Just figure out where your base level is at the moment. And then over the course of the next 30 days, you know, just try to two to three times a week work on doing some pushups. And then at the, at, you know, at the end of a month, retest yourself and see how much better you've been able to get, you know, again, do it with your family as well. Uh, if you've got some buddies that you can challenge each other, Hey, let's see, let's see what we can do this month. You know, uh, it's just a great way to, um, develop a little bit of strength to push yourself a little bit, you know, in terms of a challenge. And I think just to kind of remind ourselves that, Hey, our bodies are built for strength and they do get better. They, they get stronger if we test them and challenge them. So, uh, you know, pretty simple and straightforward strength challenge, but I think a really good one. That's cool. That's cool. So guys, here's one way where you might be able to implement with this with your family. I was talking with some guys and they're all going to do this push-up challenge. Yeah. What? What's that like, dad? <laughs> and then tell them whatever you want to design the challenge as. Yeah. And and I've done this one before. And what you'll find is that you'll you'll have a baseline that you start with and your improvement over 30 days is radical. Yeah. Yeah. Radical. Um, I was in the military years ago and when I was in, I think the minimum was maybe 13 pushups in order to be able to actually go to basic training. Right. If you couldn't do 13, they'd hold you back. And in order to graduate basic training, I think you had to do 32 as a, a younger guy. I think that was the minimum standard. Sure. 
and the uh the max was i don't know 84 or something like that yeah. and yeah i was always hacked off because i like got close i get 80 or whatever the number yeah. was I was so <laughs> close and finally i got it finally i started being able to hit it 100 percent of the time on every yeah. pt test that we took but uh wherever you are so if you get six hey you got six um yeah you know i'd encourage you to like you say go to your knees and do that type of push-up to finish out the minute yeah and that you know record it write it down that's your baseline go 30 days do some push-ups every day and then look back at what your first score was and what your finishing score was over 30 days of focusing on push-ups and if you don't do 30 or 40 push-ups if you started at six at the beginning i'd be shocked yeah yeah so it's not about the gap between where you are and where you'd like to be it's about just measuring every day and seeing your progress that's right you're measuring once a week and seeing your progress and like hey i did something yeah. you talked about learning i learned something i got that's better right. at something i focused yeah. on something and yeah uh, <laughs> that's an easy way to connect with other guys hey dude man i'm doing this stupid thing yeah, yeah. and my kids and the stuff and hey we could do that stupid thing no that's kidding. right yeah guys love you a know? challenge so yeah. yeah yeah absolutely so it's funny you bring that one up that one's so simple but uh, a bunch of guys I know have done that one and that's a fun play to run. Yeah. And your kids will jump in if you invite them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So that's great. And then I love the value of that, of, you know, shifting physical training over to our kids. So I'd like to think that my kids hang on to that. So as they get older and older and older, they continue to do active stuff and stay yeah. in shape and not become obese America. Like, uh, you know, when I look around the world, that's what I see as you get yeah. older, you just gain weight and get out of shape. Yeah. It There's nothing you can do about it because that's what I see everybody <laughs> else doing. So, uh, anyway, yeah. Strength and, uh, and physical shape, you know, I'm not Iron Man endurance guy or any of that, but I definitely enjoy competing with other guys and it's about getting better yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Not, not necessarily about Don beating me or me beating Don, although that's fun. It's about you advancing yourself and paying attention to that aspect of life as well. That's right. Cool. Well, that's an awesome challenge. As you can tell, I totally dig it. And guys, check out uh, check out the the rites of passage and and the tribes that Don's got going on. He's got some cool material over there. Yeah. And then we'll put all of your uh, links and everything in the show notes, of course, Don. Okay, fantastic, Dan. This has been a real pleasure. Thanks, man. Thanks for letting me come on the show. Absolutely, man. Thrilled to have you on. Look forward to catching up again soon. All right. All right. Thanks so much. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. Thank you guys for being a light. Shine that light out and let others see it. With you guys, part of this community, it helps me be accountable to you guys. It helps me be accountable to myself, be accountable to God and Jesus. I hope you appreciated this episode and picked up some great things. I hope you like the challenge and hope you can execute on that challenge this week. I ask of you, please subscribe, share the show with others. Join us inside of the Journey of a Christian Dad on Facebook, inside our private community. Share that community with others. Have your buddies join. Have other dads that are looking to grow in their faith grow as spiritual leaders of their family. As we engage in our journey and be intentional with it, we can help others grow theirs as well. We thank you again for listening. We thank you for all your reviews. Look forward to reading a review of yours on a future show. So, dear God, thanks for blessing all of us and thanks for drawing us closer to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Have fun, guys.